even though I've got the required tattoo, the one that says death before dishonor, and I've been in and out of the required institution since I was nine years old. The simple truth is that I've lost my nerve, and I can't go back. The tattoo was applied with India ink and the sharpened tine of a dining hall fork. I was in the baby jail on Rikers Island at the time, trying so hard to impress the few white boys in my housing area that I believed my own advertising. That's the trick, of course. If you mean to survive in the institution without giving up your soul, you have to believe that you're ready to kill at any moment. The myth goes like this. If the other cons think I'm willing to kill or die for what's mine, they'll leave me alone. If they think I'm soft, they'll suck out the last drop of my blood. All prisoners subscribe to this myth, even the ones who give up that last drop, even the snitches. It makes perfect sense when you think about it, with no money, no friends on the outside. No one coming to visit now or ever. What else have we got except the belief that there's some value in never taking a backward step? I was in my cell. Eight days before, I was scheduled to go out on parole. The cell block was in a lockdown because a Rican he-she named Angel had shanked his husband Pito with a filed-down plastic toothbrush. It wasn't much of a cut, and rumor had it the two would make up as soon as the hacks let Angel out of the box. Meanwhile, it was every con in his cell while the squad went through the usual bullshit shakedown, as if they didn't know we dumped our weapons and our contraband as soon as Pito began to yell. The squad came onto the block about ten minutes after the stabbing. They wore black padded vests and black helmets with plastic face shields, a platoon of Darth Vader's, accountable only to the warden. In the minds of the corrections officers, fear of the squad was all that stood between them and the convicts. But on this particular day, the squad seemed as bored as we were. Angel and Pedo had been removed by the time they came pounding onto the block, and the cons had gone back into their cells without being ordered. Still, the squad went by the book. They called us out, one at a time, for questioning, while the corrections officer in charge of our block tossed the cells, scattering our possessions. I didn't see nothing, boss. I was in my cell when it happened. No expression of concern on my face, though I could end up in the infirmary for a cocky smile imagined by a paranoid CO. A deputy warden named Mason wrote down every word I said, nodding as he went along. Everybody knew that Pito loved to kick his sissy's ass. The stabbing was Angel's way of telling Pito where the line was, part of a prison ritual so boring it made time into God. Angel wasn't trying to kill Pito. If Pito died, Angel would have to find someone just like him. That would become a prison whore, which in the age of AIDS means certain death. The Dep grunted and sent me back to my home, a one-man cell on the only block in the Cortland Correctional Facility that wasn't given over to housing areas twice the size of basketball courts. It took me five years to get that cell. I put myself on a waiting list when I came through the gates and paid ten cartons of cools to the posse who controlled the block when my turn came up. Of course, I could have bought a cell at any time, but the going price for new fish was a thousand dollars cash, which is why my neighbors were wise guys or big-time Colombian dealers like Pito or embezzlers with enough brains not to show fear. The squad left after the Dep finished his investigation, but the lockdown would continue through the night. Bologna sandwiches in the cell, no gym, no yard. In a Max A institution like Cortland, withdrawal of privileges was a routine punishment, even for those who hadn't participated in the infraction. In the army, when you take a break, the sergeant says, smoke em if you got em, meaning cigarettes. In the joint, when you're stuck in your cell, the rule goes like this. If you got it, then smoke it, shoot it, 
eat it or stick it up your ass in the form of a suppository. Hey, Frangelo. It was Joe Tarantini, my neighbor. Do you got anything? Speed, I said. I got two reds. Could I buy one from yous? Half an hour later, time became bearable. Cells like mine had many advantages over the crowded dormitory blocks, the most obvious being safety. I was stoned past the point of boredom, crazily rapping with Joe Tarantini about Angel's declaration of independence. Tarantini hated homosexuals. He'd been in the garbage business until the organized crime task force nailed him for hauling bodies off to the dump.